Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker. Today, I'm excited because we are speaking with the Amy Stevens. And uh, we've been connected for at least two years now. And I'm really excited to be talking with her today about chakras and personalities. So let's go ahead and get started. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. Your personality is your business, so get down to business. I'm happy to introduce Amy Stevens. I just know she's awesome and I will let her introduce herself. Take it away. Thanks, Jen. Well, thank you for bringing me on. I love listening to your podcast and a bit about me. I have been known as Yoga Amy for 24 years now as I've been an instructor and going through that whole process of my own kind of my own healing process as well. I left the interior design industry to become a yoga instructor. I took my hobby into my business <laughs> and went along that path, I became an energy healer. So I am a healing touch certified practitioner. And part of that journey, I had been reading several books by an author by the name of Anadea Judas and her work about the seven chakras and personalities and how we think, how we move, how we stand, how we do things. And this has been just such an amazing journey over the last 20 years of energy healing as well. So Anadea Judith became one of my mentors as well, and I'm certified through her program in addition. 
That sounds so fascinating because I truly believe there is an energy to our personality. And a lot of times that's why, like, you know, I'm an Enneagram person. So a lot of times that's why Enneagram tests just don't work because there's so much when you work with a qualified coach that they can glean from your energy and understanding your blind spots. And I am so excited to, number one, learn more about chakras because I just know enough to look smart, but not be smart about it. And I know nothing about the personality traits that are associated with each of the chakras. So can you start with first, there's seven chakras, right? Yes. So there's seven chakras and these are wheels. These are wheels in our body. So if you imagine that you have a flat tire in your car, how does that feel as you're driving along? It's bump, 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 bump. Or you can't drive at all. So there's a blockage that's taken place at one of these seven energy centers. And that can start to impact your thinking, your moods, your physical body, how you stand, how you engage with other people. If you know you're going to be in a confrontational situation, what does your body automatically do? It like starts to contract for some or others. It's like they puff up. (laughs) And so it's kind of this body language that I also use with my clients and then things that they say. So with the chakras, there's seven of them. So let's go through each one real quick. And I go into this more in my podcast. So we'll be able to hear more detail about that as well. But the first chakra is your root. This is based at the tip of the tailbone. And if you are not grounded, so it's um, people who have a hard time walking. If you have had an injury, you are disconnected through your legs and through your feet. That is an out of balance practice. Those who walk on a daily basis, those who stand firm in their body, they are typically grounded. The second chakra is right around your belly button. This is referred to as your sacral chakra. And this deals with creativity, sexuality, really getting into more of the aspects of even like being more fluid. Like you can think, you can be real fluid in your thought process. It's not, it's like a rigid mentality. The third chakra is the base of your breastbone. And this particular area, this is your will center. And our tendency with our will center is, again, think about posture. If your shoulders are drawn forward, you're pushing in on the base of your breastbone because you're curling forward. That blockage makes you feel deflated. So somebody who may enter into a space, I I usually see this with men more so than with women. But if you ever see somebody who walks into a room and it's like, they're standing super tall and it's like the base of their breastbone is like pushing, pushing out first before the rest of their body catches up. That is also a chakra out of balance, your third chakra out of balance. And so there's ways to kind of maneuver and work with these different pieces. What was Uh, that one called? That one is your solar plexus. Let's say, for instance, if you feel deflated, if you're just low energy, you can't make a decision. You just feel really blah. Sit-ups are a great one to do. That's just my go-to for that particular location in the body. The fourth chakra, and this is the halfway point between the heavens and the earth as well, but your fourth chakra is your heart, right at the center of your chest. And this particular area, it extends out through your arms as well. And so you can 
you know, when you go to give somebody a hug, it's usually from a loving space, right? It's that embrace. And so the compassion that you have towards yourself, towards others, creating joy, it's also a calming location within the body because right below it is that energy of activation, your will center. And so the heart is more of a calming space. And then we move up into the throat. So words, what do you say to yourself? What do you say to others? And so the voice, sometimes we have a really deep voice. Sometimes there's a higher pitched voice. Sometimes there's no voice at all. If you have laryngitis, kind of pondering, huh, wonder why that is. Why can't I find my voice? And so these aspects of energy blockages taking place. The third eye, so right at the brow line, the third eye, this is your sixth chakra. And this is your start to your intuition, your connection to that higher self and the understanding of, you know, we often call it gut feeling, but your intuition is actually stemming from your third eye. And in Ayurvedic treatments, the hot oil treatments where they stream hot oil to your third eye is to help awaken your intuition. And so that cleansing of that particular piece. And then at the top of the head, this is our crown. And what I often do is think of it like a funnel. You're funneling in beautiful light source energy. So it's that term God, Jesus, archangels, whatever universe source, whatever terminology is in your vocabulary, that's at the crown of the head. So those are the brief seven chakras <laughs> in kind of a nutshell to get an understanding about what we have. And when I work with clients in my energy healing practice, I start to watch like what they're doing, what they're saying, what their posture is, even like if there's fear or anxiety that's coming up. And so these are different aspects that I can start to observe from that particular standpoint. I love that so much. Just going through, I guess I was just narrowing my field of knowledge to the head and the heart. And I've, I've heard of solar plexus before, but that one makes so much sense to me because I know that it's something that I pay attention to me. I'm, for, for me, am I standing up straight? Am I hunched over? Now I know why. <laughs> and the other thing that I really love is that you're talking about a lot of body language. And this is something that not necessarily in my business coaching, but for my coach certification course, I'm really talking about you need to be able to listen, but you also need to be able to observe and observe body language. And I love the structure that you have here. Are you feeling a bit disappointed that you haven't finished that project yet? Are the kids' schedules impacting your business? Or are the demands of your business affecting your relationships at home? Maybe you need a magic formula for that work-life balance before your fire gets so dim or it completely burns out. I've been there. There was a point in my life where I was juggling two businesses and homeschooling and had personal health issues. There was barely time to even connect with myself, much less connect with my husband. 
When I was finally officially diagnosed with ADHD, I felt like that explained everything. I had a new perspective and started approaching things in a new way. So I created a guide containing 20 tips that I personally use, and they have worked for me for helping me stay on course with my goals. Now you might not have ADHD, but I bet you can relate to having a million distractions during the day. So if you're ready to stop procrastinating or stop being hard on yourself for missing yet another deadline, self-imposed or not, go ahead and download the guide at powercoachgen.com. If you just find one tip from the list that helps you move forward today, you will be so glad you took the time to read it. Go to powercoachgen.com and download the guide right now. Yeah, my whole thing for myself is that I'm very body oriented. And even when I work with my clients, I can feel their pain in my body. And it's a benefit in the beginning. In the beginning, when I first started learning about, like when I first started teaching yoga, I was really young. And <laughs> I don't want to give away my age. Uh, <laughs> And I, I started having like the weirdest pain in my body and it would be like back pain and I never had pain. And so back pain, my little toe one time was in so much pain and I was like, what is going on? And my teacher at that time for yoga basically said to me, you're like a sponge. You're taking on any time that you touch one of your clients, you're taking on their pain. Mm. And so through through my practice and through my understanding of that, I have been able to create what I call as my protective wall, but it is not in the timeframes when I'm working with my energy healing clients. It's not like what we think of with a wall where you can't get through it. I need to be able to feel what's going on within them so that I can be a better practitioner for them and allow them to have those releases to take place. And it's really great. That's so interesting. And what a wonderful way to uh, bring your own brand, your own personality into your business to be able to not necessarily market it, like, you know, blast it out there, but to be different, to show your difference to your clients and how you can help them in this very significant yet unique way. I think that is fascinating. So I know that you had told me that there are certain personality traits, combinations or something that are associated with the chakras. So there are five different personality, like character structures. And this is going back to Alexander Lowen, William Reich. And these guys have done all kinds of psychology studies, psychiatric studies, and so when Anadea Judith began to put together her program, she kind of consolidated information in for those of us who are energy healers to be able to help our clients at a different level. So the term somatic movement is, is very popular now, but it's been around for a long time. And somatic movements are very subtle physical movements. It's not like doing a yoga pose and, ooh, take a photo of me and it's great alignment and that kind of thing. These are like the most subtle of movements. And the reason why I bring that up is because 
I have had clients through my 24 years of teaching that just don't even realize they have a body. And some of these features come into play. So let's start with the first one. The first one through Lowen's terminology, he calls it schizoid. And this is a personality, a character structure that starts basically at the time frame when the mom is pregnant. So you're in utero as an embryo up until about six months. And if you are the product of an unwanted pregnancy, if you, if the mother is young and maybe scared and like this contraction kind of feel for the baby internally, they're going to start life feeling unwanted. They're going to feel like they don't have a right to exist. And that's kind of heavy coming into the world. And that's then what you carry with you throughout your lifetime. So understanding what that means, what that can do to you ultimately, if you are able to talk to somebody who understands these different practices and, and giving you gentle tools to be able to kind of move out of that personality, everybody has the right to exist. And so you don't have to feel like you don't belong. So giving yourself, I often say, let's take up more space, <laughs> like take up more space. So I often, I'll say, you know, imagine that you're a balloon and you're going to blow into your thumb and you're just going to like a cartoon character, right? You want to take up more space. Usually a schizoid personality is they look like a string bean. You know, they're super tall, they're long, they're skinny. You look at them and you go, oh, you really need to eat. But as an unwanted child, that's, you know, typically how they're referred to, that particular piece is they've got great metabolism <laughs> typically, but they, they just don't know how to take up space. So they're, they're usually not grounded. They're usually up in their head. The next one is what's called as oral. And so that's a low end term. Once again, and orals are typically about six months to two and a half years. So when we talk about age range, that's when the deprivation takes place. And they have a tendency to have fear around abandonment, rejection, the right to have. They may talk a lot. They may posture wise when we think about this one too. They're maybe a bit more heavy set. They can't do it all alone. They need help. They're often depressed and needy. They're dependent on others. So there's like a codependency kind of feel in that particular part. And oftentimes they're the ones who drop their shoulders forward and contract there at their third chakra. And so from that standpoint, and they're kind of squishy, <laughs> they're soft, <laughs> like a stuffed animal. They're kind of squishy, you know? But they're also the ones who will give love. They will embrace. They will be the ones who want to nurture, but yet they're afraid of being rejected. So that's another personality. The next one is the masochist. I prefer the term endurer a little bit better, but masochist is Lowen's term. And this deprivation typically takes place between about a year and a half up to three years of age. And this is that personality that they fear of being shamed or exposed or humiliated. They also feel stuck 
oftentimes, like from a physical standpoint, they're going to be really drawn in, like really contracted. And one of the features of this in my yoga trainings all my years, it's what we call compressed butt. So if you think about an ice cream cone, you know how the buttocks kind of pulls in a compressed butt, kind of like a ballerina, that kind of feel, you know how they do. But the personality, you know, they're often feeling stuck. It's really hard for them to move forward. So they're in this process of holding in and can't move forward as easily. And then the next one is referred to as rigid. And these are like the achievers, really rigid. Now they have a tendency, this is kind of the age range of three and a half years to five years. And they have a tendency to really hold back, even though they are often really functional, like highly functional, their head is held high, but their, their heart is super closed off. They're really active, but their hips are like tight as all get out. It's almost like they can't move their hips. Even like when walking, it's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like they, I don't want to say waddle, but that kind of gives you an idea of the movement that can take place. But they're also pretty darn aggressive. They have this proud and competitive nature that takes place. But in reality, they want the right to feel. They want to feel. Like ultimately, they want to feel, but they don't know how because they weren't allowed that. All right. The last one is a psychopath. I'm not talking to you about a true psychopath who is a killer or whatever. That's not where I'm going with this information. So I just want to be clear about that, please. This has been a term heavily used over the years. This is typically from the age of about two and a half to four years old. And they keep their heads high and then they're kind to the underdogs. So they want to earn trust from the underdogs. They're usually super attractive. They take care of themselves. They want to have the perfect hair, the, you know, perky breasts. They wear the great clothes. They always have their makeup on if they're a woman. And psychopaths can be male and female. So just keeping that part in mind. They're power hungry, just have to be the center of attention. But what's ironic is, is that they're doubting parts, the right to be free and to love, which, you know, when you think about popular psychopaths, it's an interesting concept when you start to kind of take that part into consideration. And they're, they're trying to hold it up, right? They're trying to really stand tall and just pull in and hold it up. And it's often interesting to me, and earlier I had mentioned about with the third chakra, how when they enter into the room, it's like their breastbone enters the room before their head, <laughs> their body, that's a psychopath. So that gives you an idea. But there are wonderful psychopath personalities that according to these character structures that we're talking about today, these are typically things that really help me to understand a little bit more about my clients. So if I hear somebody who has a high-pitched voice and is really sunken in on themselves, 
I can usually start to get an idea of where they are within this process and what chakras I need to help them kind of get the movement going. And that's where the somatic movements come into play. So as a yoga instructor, I don't say, all right, you're going to do 20 rounds of vinyasa flow and let's go. And and people are just going to be like, are you crazy? But if I have somebody who needs to just activate their will center, I'm going to have them lay down on their back and I'm just going to have them try to lift their head. So if they're like so far out of their body, laying down flat, try to lift your head and just look at your toes. For some, that is like torture. They just don't have that activation in their stomach at all. And it can actually put pain into their neck, which is the back part of throat. So then they can't voice it. They can't voice their pain. So you can start to see how all of these components come together. And once one is off, just like if you have a flat tire in your car, if one is off, it's going to impact all of them. Amy, this is so amazing. I can just geek out on this, <laughs> but I, I have a tendency to overwhelm people. So, <laughs> oh, it's a lot. How are you guys enjoying this in the chat? Look, fascinating. Yes, Amy has a beautiful voice. Yes, you do. Oh, I really love this so much. One of the things that stood out to me was the deprivation period. So, most psychologists agree that personality is developed in the first five years of life, but our brain continues to develop until about the age of 25, everybody's different. And it may not be the first five years. I mean, you're, you gave ranges also, but the highest range was the rigid up to the five years. And so I thought that was super interesting. And I wanted to make a point for those of you who are listening, who are also Enneagram lovers, that this is why we don't type children because they are still organizing the energy inside of their bodies. They're still developing, they're still experiencing. And if we as adults don't really know our motivations, I mean, a kid's not either. And then the second thing that stood out to me is I just finished a series on the podcast about the difference between true types and pseudotypes of the Enneagram. And one of the things that can create a pseudotype or, or someone who has mistyped is the nurture, this nurture, of these constructs that you have just taught us. And so I know that trauma is one of those things that I wasn't qualified to talk about in my series. And so you have really helped me understand the impact of deprivation in these early years of how we can carry that energy all throughout our life if we can't clear it, if we can't understand it, and if we don't get connected to our body or our core. And that's my little framework, the C-O-R-E of really helping people get to the core and heal. And I love that you're bringing this very practical. I can't wait just to refer people to you because you're bringing this very practical, doable. People don't have to feel like they're stuck. Like, Look what Amy can do for you. <laughs> well, and to me, so I am very body oriented. I feel more in my body than I do through talk therapy. I have to be honest with you. The first time I went to talk therapy, I was 23 years of age. My parents had just gotten divorced and I went to this woman and she ended up talking at me for an hour about her own children, her own teenage children. And the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
is this normal? Like, is she trying to put things into perspective for me? Like, I had no idea. I had no idea what to expect. But I'm sitting there and I'm just like, and then when I left and they asked me to pay, I felt really aggravated. To me, that was a trauma because I went in (laughs) trying to talk to somebody about a situation that was new to me. And so was going to therapy. And I never went back to therapy again. I was so blown away and I was already starting my yoga practice at that point. And I had been going to yoga once a week, then started going twice a week because the studio was near my office where I worked at the time. I would drive 45 minutes one way to get to that yoga studio on Saturday morning. And that was my therapy. My mat was my therapist. And my body was able to move and do things that I didn't know was possible. My mom and I have often joked that I should have been a gymnast because I could do so much. Uh, But it, it was a very interesting process for me to understand. And I left one of my classes on Saturday morning. I left and I just sat in my car and I was kind of, it felt great. Like I felt good. But once I got into my car, I just started crying. And I could not stop. It was like somebody opened up the waterworks and I couldn't stop. And, you know, we're human. We try to analyze everything. I had no idea what it was about, what was going on. And so I asked my teacher the next time I saw her, I was like, what, what is this? And that's when she started telling me about how our bodies hold our energy, how whenever we have some kind of energetic shift an argument, a confrontation, some kind of trauma is ultimately uh, what that means. And trauma has two parts to it. You know, the trauma, like me going to talk to a therapist and the therapist talking at me, that's what they consider a small T for trauma. A big T for trauma would be like a car accident or a death or being physically or emotionally abused, that kind of thing. And mentally abused as well. And so I lean more to clients who have been abused. That's a lot of my work because I can relate. I can understand. I was mentally and emotionally abused by my father and had no idea. Like the other thing I wanted to share with your audiences is that Anadia Judas states, and this, this was huge for me, one sentence, every 18 years, you reset back to each of these every 18 years. So schizoid, oral, masochist, rigid, psychopath, you reset. So let's say, you know, nothing occurred from being in utero to six months, nothing occurred, but at like age 18, something did occur. It can trigger you to shifting to a schizoid. So say for instance, you're a masochist from that time frame coming into the world, but then at age 18, it shifts because you had a trauma take place. So it's a very interesting dynamic when you start thinking about that and going kind of processing in your mind, what are things that have occurred throughout your life? And as I get older, I can relate to this and I can really take a look back now. I shut off a lot of stuff. I thought being told I was stupid was normal. Like that's everyday language. I'm not stupid. I understand my power. I understand my voice. I understand how to set boundaries. I do that now. Did I before? Yeah, up until probably about 23, 24. And going to that therapist, that was a big chunk of it. I felt like my voice was taken away because I wasn't allowed to talk. 
So just kind of pondering some of these things. And to me, I've gone to a lot of different classes over the years. And to me, being able to put it into everyday circumstances is so important. I don't want to talk over somebody's head. I want them to be able to take practical tools home with them and be able to have those uncomfortable conversations with somebody that they need to. I want them to be in a safe space. If they're dealing with an abuser, they need to get out. Absolutely. I think this is such important work, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing with us and sharing your expertise. It goes way beyond yoga instruction. (laughs) And I am just so thankful that you gave us all this information. And it really shows us that there's an effect to everything that we do. And it's not just in our bodies but there's an effect to other people's bodies. And the skill to be able to connect with someone else is not a verbal skill. I talk about the art of asking questions all the time. It's not a verbal skill. It is a body skill and body language, uh, mirroring, all these things to be able to connect to someone is, is body first. And there's so many people that don't understand that. So I love that you have enlightened us. Can you please tell people where they can learn more about what you do? Absolutely. Feel free to go to my website and it's my name, Amy Stevens. So amystevens.net is a great website to head on over to and you can learn all about me with my different hats that I wear. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Amy Stevens. That's amystevens.net. Go check her out. And um, I hope you got a lot out of this. I certainly did. It's even brought a new way for even me to look at the Enneagram and how to use it in different situations for the motivation part, like taking those behaviors and then painting a motivation on that. So that has been enlightening for me as well. This was great. It doesn't matter really which personality profile tool that you're married to. I am of the belief that the more you unbox what you know about yourself and your personality, the more connected to yourself you can be. And once you know yourself, then you can connect to your audience and really have a successful business because of that dynamic alone. So always remember when you unbox yourself, you unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.